life's like a hobby. You're on a peak, you're down in a ditch, you're up and down like an ECG. People expect that they're going to have a nice, comfortable life. That's a yeah, flat man. line. Those people are dead. They're not living. Hey, welcome back to All In with Rick Jordan. I am Rick Jordan. I'm here with Lee Chambers. Lee, what's shaking? Hey, it's a pleasure to be on today, Rick. Man, I'm pretty excited about this. You know, I, I got your bio a little earlier today and I was looking at, I love that you're like a functional life coach. And I'm curious as to what that definition actually means because, you know, there's functional medicine out there and then there's life coaching, but it sounds like you might be kind of combining the two in some way or another. You know, I mean, you look fit, dude. You look pretty healthy to me. That's, that's pretty great. <laughs> I know you're not a doctor, but dude, I, I love everything that I've seen in this. You know, you tell me a little bit about yourself because I, I'm especially interested in how you went from founding a video game company to becoming a life coach. That's crazy to me, man. That's pretty great. Yeah. So, I mean, to kind of almost embrace it and run quite simply, I've always been curious and never really known what I wanted to do. I was that child who was running in numerous directions, really trying to distill, like, who am I? What do I want to do? I'm quite good at school. Uh, I went all the way through the British education system. I studied international business psychology and I actually ended up deciding what do I really like? I like statistics and I like helping people. So I was like, I'm going to become a financial advisor. So I went into financial advisory after graduating. This was 2007. Wow. Six months later. Dude, how boom. old were you then? Uh, <laughs> off I went, off, off down the corridor. They, they defunded my training and I was made redundant. And then I couldn't, I looked around, I couldn't find another job. It was the middle of the economic crash. So I was like, how can I utilize my skills of helping people, statistics, bits of my qualifications? I thought, you know what? I'm going to set up a business. I'm going to set up a video game business. So why not? Um, I, started that process i went to a business advisor he said looked at me and said this is a great business plan not for you look at you you're young you've got an attitude problem yeah you know you're a diverse young lad you're gonna to go to pitch to those meetings to those 50 year old guys and they're gonna be like who's this disruptive kid get him out of here but in so many ways i was like at first i took that advice and thought you know what probably right and I let that settle then for actually, I'm not going to take advice. Like life's too short to take advice. It was really well-intentioned. And yet I've yeah. always been curious to step out there. And that really started the journey. The video game gave me the flexibility and the finance to keep doing numerous qualifications. And then started working in different industries. I was really on a pathway to find what I wanted to go all in on. And I didn't find that until I became ill lost the ability to walk and that stopped me and that very hard stop of ending up in a hospital bed having Man. hours to reflect made me realize I want to go and disrupt an industry which yeah. I want to change and that was going to be well-being and that's got me to the point where I am today. That's pretty great man I you know I, I didn't know that actually that can you walk right now do you have the ability yeah, to walk? So it took it took me 11 months to get back on my feet and it's a chronic disease that I have to control and huh. yet I've 
gone on an absolute mission this past five years um, to optimize my body and my mind to a point to come off medication. And two weeks ago, I took the last dose. So I'm medication free at the moment. Wow. That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm kind of blown away here. You know, can, can we dive into that? Because, you know, you're 34 right now, right? Yeah, just turned 35. Just in 35. Yeah. Cause you, I mean, I'm 40, so we're five years apart, you know, it's not, <laughs> but I look at this and from where you started your story, man, and my story is similar is that it was just so stinking young. You know, you're like, Oh, I started a video game company when I was 22. I get you. I started my first business that failed when I was 21. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. something I don't think I've ever talked about that on the show. Maybe I'll have to at some point in time, you know, it was a web design business in a completely saturated market at the height of the dot com era. You know, it wasn't really the right move. When I did yeah. that, <laughs> never really took off, you know, because that's at the height of Yahoo and everything else back then. And now it's like, Yahoo, who, you know, who, who the heck is that? <laughs> but, but yeah, man, I'm curious because I, you know, I've been through my own struggles in my life and it's cool that you're into life coaching now because what you just talked about, you know, even just over the past 12 years or so, right, is really like a lifetime's worth of experience. You know, and it resonates with me because, you know, my dad died when I was 16, dude. And that like started the acceleration of experience in my life, you know, to where you and me, we've had so much packed in of life into just a short amount of years. You know, it's almost like we could talk like we're 80 or 90 years old when we're, we're only 35 and 40 because we've just seen so much and been through so much, man. You know, how does that resonate with you and how do you help relate that? Because sometimes I have trouble relating that to people that might even be our own age or younger because we've just seen and done so much in such a short period of time. Yeah, I kind of think when we, it, when we express our knowledge, our yeah. desire and how we're aligned to our passions. Yeah. Like only a week ago, I was speaking to a guy 55, you know, really nice guy. And what he said yep. to me is, luckily, you're 20 years younger than me. And yet some of my friends are in the 50s and they have the wisdom of a 30-year-old. You are walking around as a 35-year-old with yeah. the wisdom of a 55-year-old. <laughs> and I thought, that's the perfect metaphor for how it feels sometimes when you've ended up putting yourself out of your comfort zone so often, trying new things, embracing that failure, unpicking it and finding what worked, what didn't, you know, the, the experimenter's mindset and almost keep going and doing new things, different areas, yeah, constantly yeah. building that self-awareness. What kind of happens is you end up on a bit of a roll of momentum and you actually start to live and chisel who you want to be. And when you get to that point, you start to become more defined more refined in what you do as if you're getting older like that fine wine as the grapes gradually mature yeah. into something that's you know it knows exactly what it is which is why it tastes so good on the palate you know it's just getting to that point and i kind of think that when you start to link together people's lived experience when they've constantly been uncomfortable so they've moved they've tried they've failed they've picked themselves up again they've experienced like a life's Life's like a hobby, isn't it? You're on a peak, you're down in a ditch. You're up and down like an ECG. People expect that they're going to have a nice, comfortable life. That's a yeah, flat man. line. Those people are dead. They're not living. 
if your heartbeat is, if you get that, if you keep active, keep strong, that heartbeat is up and down. You're experiencing an awful lot. You're pumping that blood around. You're active. You're moving. And that really gives you momentum in life. So you end up yeah, living man. years quickly. Yeah, I, I love the analogy of the heartbeat. You know, when you're talking about that most, you know, if they're not experiencing new things, they're that flat line. You know, versus the up and down of a normal EKG. I love that analogy. And there's also a, a, another part to that too, is that this is me anyways, right? Is I love to throw my heart into arrhythmia sometimes, you know, just pretty much like shock it, right? To, to Just for a new experience, you know, because if there's something coming at me, it's like, well, I haven't done that before. I know I'm not flatline. I know I'm pretty stable right now. Because, I don't know, man, because if I, if I feel like I'm pretty stable for a long period of time, I feel like I'm moving backwards. You know, yeah. if, even though I'm inviting everything new and it's like, I need to do something that's exhilarating. I need to do something that's way outside of my comfort zone in order to just shock my heart into arrhythmia, metaphorically speaking, for that time period, just to feel what it is to be alive again. But then you gain all that experience. I love the analogy too, how it's like, you're a 35 year old walking around with wisdom that you're 55. And it's because you've tried so much, done so many things in that short time period. I'm, I'm really blown away, dude. You're really speaking to my heart today. And <laughs> I love this because it even, you get, I had this image, right? As you're talking about chiseling away, you know, and I think of like the old Greek statues and how all the amazing artists had to just chisel away at the marble and the stone just bit by bit. And it took time to do that. However, there's one way to speed it up, really. It's to put more time into it. Yep. You know, so what do you say, you know, to everyone listening, what are you spending your hours doing? What are you filling your time with every single day? Is it with things to continuously advance your life or are you just going home? And this is so easy, especially right now. You know, people talk about the weight, you know, the quarantine weight gain, you know, or the quarantine <laughs> weight loss. You know, I actually started putting on more muscle during the, the three months of quarantine because I, I had to. I felt like I needed to push myself forward and I mentally had to keep doing it rather than going home, watching Netflix every single night. You know, it, but it's what are you filling your time with? You know, the successful people are going to fill it with things that are always driving them forward. And I'm never saying don't rest because, dude, there's times it's like once a month. It's like clockwork for me. I will hit a wall because I'm pushing it so hard every day. I'm a machine and I have to recharge. It's still important. But, dude, you don't need to. You're, you're not a freaking iPhone. You don't need to <laughs> recharge every single day. The battery life on somebody that's crushing it and happy and going after their dreams, that battery life is extended beyond most of the general public because you're doing what you love. You're just yeah. so into that. And when that's your recharge is plugging into the things that you love and doing only the things that matter to you in serving other people. That's your recharge. Yes, you'll, you'll need sleep. Yes, you might have that once a month like me to where I just hit a freaking wall and I need to just do nothing, have a glass of scotch, have a good steak and go to bed. You know, once a month, that's it. But other than that, stuff your time with things of value. Dude, I, I, you're really speaking to me now. You're getting me excited, dude. <laughs> yes. And and okay. I'm going to go on a squirrel here for a bit too, because you, you, you're using the food analogy and you talked about, it's like fine wine on your palate. You, there's nobody that talks that way unless you know wines. <laughs> so what are you into, man? I, I, first, I'm going to preface it with this. I feel the responsibility of every wine. The first responsibility is to be red. I'll just leave it there. 
<laughs> yeah. To be honest, I don't drink a lot, but when I do, got to be red. Absolutely, man. I love that. You know, it's that's another thing about plugging into the things that you love. I tell people, <laughs> it's crazy. It's like life's too short to drink cheap alcohol. Oh, I mean, yep. come on. You, you realize how much alcohol you're actually getting because you pay so much tax. If you buy a cheap bottle, you're just getting some grapes, the leftover stuff. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, you're hilarious. I've never looked at it that way either. If you buy the cheap alcohol, that's, that's crazy. So it's, I call it uh, tequila is one of my favorites, right? And, and you look at Dwayne Johnson and then uh, Suzanne Summers. I shared a glass of tequila with her. I toasted with her on the stage at Harvard last year. You know, because she's 70-something years old and is just super, super fit. I mean, she was the thigh master woman, right? She's Rocking still it. super fit. I know. Tequila is like one of her health things. Same with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, you know, because there, there's actual, there's the agavins, but the sugar I found out in tequila is non-digestible. And it works as like a fiber. So they do that. But then I look at the other things. If you have just a, a a sip of tequila, you know, a shot of tequila, yeah. you're not supposed to actually shoot it back. You know, you're supposed to sip it and keep going with that thing and just kind of taste the, the palate because there's a palate on tequila. There's a finish on it just like there is wine. There's a nose on it just like there is wine. However, you don't get that with what I call gas station tequila. And well, what, you're no. saying, <laughs> dude, what you're saying is crazy because I never thought about this about it this way. If you're paying just 10 bucks for a bottle of tequila, you're paying like $8 in tax on that. So you're yep. really getting like two, $2 worth of alcohol. What kind of crappy alcohol is that? Well, that's exactly. horrible. If, you, if you've ever seen the infographics of cheap alcohol <laughs> yes. and it shows you almost the whole oh my God. is tax, <laughs> a little bit of duty, a bit of logistics, and then just in the neck of the bottle, that's what you're actually drinking. <laughs> oh my God. What well, yeah, if it's just that, why would you not want it to be something that's good? Right. Cause the, the cheap stuff is always going to give you a headache, but uh, you know, we'll get back on track here, man. I promise. But this is, <laughs> I, I love these kinds of conversations though, man, but you, I love the analogies though. So, what happened to where you couldn't walk? What, what was that situation like in your life and that journey? Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a challenge. No doubt. It made me step up in a way that I hadn't before. Yeah. So I was in that situation where society was looking, saying, ah, you know, you're doing well. So I, the year before I got married, uh, I just had my son. We, me and my wife bought our first house. We cruised around the Caribbean and holidayed in Florida. You know, life was good. And turned 29 thinking, what can I do before my age begins with a free and I'm a father yeah. and I have to be sensible how can I push these boundaries? What can I do this year to be absolutely out there pushing? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I literally, my body started attacking itself. So I was oh, just man. there on a Friday. My immune system started to attack my wrist. So my wrist went boom, like a football. And I was like, whoa, thinking, wow. okay, so maybe I've just banged it. Maybe I've banged it. Or maybe I've just used the computer too much this week. It'll be all right. You know, I'm yeah. young, I'm indestructible. It'll be fine, it'll be fine. Um, over the weekend, Sunday hits, go for a meal with some family and friends, can barely use a knife and a fork because I've only got one hand. Um, oh my gosh. Drive home and I try to get out of the car at home and my other knee has exploded. It's just like, again, it's a swollen up. Can't move it. 
And I'm just like, so I had a bit of a moment and then I was like, I can't move my leg. This ain't good. Yeah. So I hobbled to the doctors on Monday morning, like, what's going on here? Like, this, this is a problem. I can barely walk. Doctor gives me some steroids and says, you should take the swelling down. If it's not got any better, come back and see us. On Tuesday, wake up and suddenly my shoulder starts swelling up, moving up towards my ear like that. And I'm oh, still geez. like trying to think, oh, it's going to be okay. I'll be fine by the end of the week. Still yeah. working, still carrying on. Wake up on Wednesday morning, my other knee starts to get really hot and starts to swell up. My mother-in-law comes round to the house, takes one look at me and says, nah, stop being stupid. Hospital now. To get dragged off to hospital, go to emergency, take me straight through and say, yeah, like, this is serious. Straight through to the back wow. of the hospital. And then that started. So I was in shock and I was in a lot of pain. I was on yeah. morphine and tramadol just to take the edge off, which sent me onto another planet as these drugs do. Um, but when that initial shock wore off, I was there in a hospital bed, couldn't shower myself, couldn't eat, couldn't do the basic things. And that had just gone from me in a week, being full independent, playing team sport, going wherever I wanted. So feeling yeah. like I'd had everything stripped away. As my wife, six months pregnant with our daughter, was coming after work to help me shower. Couldn't even properly wipe my own bottom. It was horrendous losing that independence. Um, so I kind of hit that point where yeah. the shock wore off. And then I hit frustration and despair. So I was like, I'm 29. I'm fit and healthy. I've looked after myself. This doesn't... It's, why has why this happened to me now? Nothing seems to make any sense. My immune system just lost it. And then that passed. And I knew I had to let these negative emotions come. Because if I bottled them up, they'd come and cause me psychological problems later down the line. So after that, I started to hit grief. So I was like, I'm athletic. I'm active. I am physical. I'm a man. And suddenly, I'm not. <laughs> I'm flat yeah. out. Like, yeah. I don't know what the future holds. But in that second week in hospital, you get a lot of time to reflect when yeah. you can't move. Yeah. And it just hit me one afternoon. I've never once been grateful for being able to walk. In the whole 29 years I've been on this planet. And that expanded my mind. I suddenly thought, all these people coming to look after me to help me do simple things. Not being grateful enough to them either. In fact, I was born in the UK. I've never been hungry. Never been homeless. I've had free education, free healthcare, freedom to set up a business. Yeah. Opportunities to work across a number of different industries and do a number of different qualifications. Why should I lie here and feel sorry for myself? I'm going to be proactive in my recovery. I'm going to get myself back on my feet. I'm going to have the mindset that decides that I'm all in on my recovery. Everything will be based on getting back on my feet and getting my health outcomes as good as they can be. That's yeah, my ownership. I'm accountable to myself and I'm going to now do everything I need to do so that when I get back on my feet, I can run around the garden with yeah. my children and play with them. Yeah. And that just set me off on a path. And it wasn't, it's not all roses, is it? The recovery was difficult. Yeah. Walking rehab was challenging. I'd wake up on mornings. I'd be in agony. I'd be stiff. Didn't want 
to do my recovery exercises, my stretches and all the things that I had to do. And yet yeah. I decided I wasn't going to do what I felt. I was going to do my identity. I wanted to become, I wanted to be back up on my feet, walking. My daughter was born not long after I came out. I said, by the time she's walking, I'm walking with her. No option, decision, yep. all of yep. her options cut off. This is me. I'm there. I'm in. And on those mornings, I didn't do what I felt like. I did who I was going to become. Actions, I therefore did everything I needed to do. And I actually felt good because I wasn't lying to myself. I was doing it. That's awesome, man. I, uh, I can't imagine going through it. Well, I guess I can because I was similar. My immune system didn't attack itself, but I had a, a dead organ that started attacking other organs yes. in my body. You know, and it's, it's crazy because it, I know, and I'm sure you do too, it's that the mindset coming out of that, that you're going all in. I mean, that, that was a, a shifting point in my life. And it sounds like it was for you too, because you start to realize it's like, you know, what have I been ungrateful for? What have I looked back on and just not really recognized how blessed I am? Uh, and then it's also, what do I still need to accomplish? You know, there's these turning points in everybody's life, whether it's a near-death experience, whether it's a bad marriage and a divorce, whether it's a, becoming a dad for the first time. You know, the, the, there's turning points. You don't have to go through as much hardship as you and I did to have these amazing turning points and about face, these reflection points in your life. I feel that everybody has these moments to where they are given an opportunity to look back and say, what have I been ungrateful for? And what have I not accomplished that I want to? Because from this point forward, it can be a complete shift. For me, it was. For you, it was. And we had horrible medical experiences that did this to us, that made us go all in. And it's not that it made us go all in. It just refocused us into that because our, our personalities, we've always been all in, man. That's one thing that I know that I'm known for. I have been ever since I was a teenager is that no matter what I'm putting it to, maybe I'm a Scorpio and I, I know I'm a Scorpio, but maybe that's it. You know, I saw this light, this meme the other day for Scorpios that it either, you know, it's a light switch. So it's either on or off. It's either, you know, just completely and utterly obsessed with whatever it is or totally uninterested. There's, there's nothing in between. So it's either we're all in or we're all out. Yeah, sure. But there's, there's moments, these reflection points in life to where you are able to flip that light switch back on on something that you may have forgotten about or may have not put energy into. Life happens. You get hit with things. And it's up to you. And it's hard, man. I know it is because even in that moment, you know, when I was almost dead, even in that moment when you were in the hospital, dude, it's mind blowing. I can't imagine that your body just starts to swell up that much. I can't imagine the pain. I can't imagine what was going through your mind. I mean, you've explained some of it, you know, but in that moment, you're still thinking, I'm going to get through this, you know, and even though there, dude, I'm sure there was doubts. You can't tell me that there was no doubts <laughs> whatsoever. The doubts were there. Yeah, it's impossible because we're still human. Even though there's, there's dudes like us that are all in and we're like, we've got a great mindset and going through those thoughts, those negative thoughts still creep up in our heads because we're human. It's, oh, so it's how it works. Yeah, I mean, we have, we have a negative bias as human. So obviously when the caveman came out of his cave, tiger yeah. on one side, lovely flowers on the other, 
every human that looked at the lovely flowers and thought, ooh, it was eaten. Yes. <laughs> sticks to our brain like Velcro. And yeah, positivity man. hits it and slips off like Teflon. It's yeah. just how we're designed. And yet you can actually utilize that to your own benefit and realize that when you're in that trench, yeah. it feels difficult. But let the emotions come. Let them go. There becomes a point where that suffering starts to become a choice. You can either resist the pain and continue to suffer and continue to stay at the bottom of that heartbeat or you can get your head up and look at that peak that's waiting for you and you can say you know what i'm not going to resist that pain i'm going to embrace that pain i can use that pain as fuel to get me up that next peak and in so many ways people like us interestingly sometimes we can go all in in the complete wrong direction yeah. and move further away from where we actually want to be. And that is an interesting part of being a character who takes ownership, a character who makes it happen. Because sometimes, if you've not got that clarity, you go all in and you're all over the place and yeah. you're disruptive in a major way. And yet when you get vision of what you stand for, your values, understanding how that then frames your decisions, you go out into the world and when you go all in with a powerful why, with clarity of purpose, with a mission to undertake, there's no stopping you. Dude, that's amazing. You're really touching my heart today, man. I, uh, there's a key point that you're talking about there that I want to kind of unpack just a little bit because you talked about knowing your why in that too. And sure, that's a Simon Sinek thing. You know, he's, he's said that for a long time and it's become common phrasing, especially for the life coaches is knowing your why, you know, which really just means knowing your purpose. Mm -hmm. And I, I know, especially, you know, cause you're in your thirties, I just turned 40. I know in my twenties, I might not have exactly known what my why was. I might not have exactly known what my purpose was in that time. And that's one of the most common questions I get for those that are, you know, in their teens or in their twenties. It's like, how do I know what my purpose is on this planet for? Cause it's, and it, there's a point though, to where you could just say, it's okay that you don't know. That's fine because you need to go out and try these different things. Let's try anything you possibly can. And something will eventually resonate with you just like a tuning fork. You know, but you, if you walked around with a tuning fork all day long and you had nothing hard to bang it on, that thing would never produce a single sound. It would never vibrate. You have to find that thing, that one thing that drives you, that's your passion. And as soon as you whack that sucker on it, that's all, it's almost like perpetual motion in that moment. And it just continuously produces the sound over and over and over again, as long as you keep doing that thing that aligns with your purpose, aligns with your why. You're going all in on that one thing because there's nothing else in the world that will resonate with that tuning fork that you can just bang that sucker on like what your purpose is on this planet. You know, but it takes fine. It takes time. You have to almost like roam through professional options. You have to roam through different areas of serving other people to find really where your lane is. And I hope that everybody listening can take something from us today, maybe one thing in saying that, you know, that you have to try a bunch of different things and it's okay if they don't work out. As long as you keep looking, you will eventually find that thing that you can whack that pitchfork on that's going to resonate with you for the rest of your life. 
Yeah, and in so many ways, purpose is bandied about a lot. And really, most human beings have a similar purpose to help people to be happy, to get close to your potential. Yeah. Everyone's mission based on their purpose is different. And I think the biggest thing to really take from it is you can't read your way to clarity on these things. You can't think your way to clarity. You've got to go out there and act, do things, find what you enjoy, find what you don't enjoy, reflect on your past, unpick your failures. There's always something in there that gives you an idea of why you did it. Your experiences, the people that you've met, the people that yeah, you've resonated yeah. with, you start to be able to get the underlying thread from the past and taking action in the future. As again, we go back to that Greek statue. The word character actually comes from chisel. You chisel your character until you find out that pristine statue of who you are destined to be stood there on a pedestal, shining. And in so many ways, I get young people coming to me saying, well, I don't know what I want to do. And I'm like, how much have you done? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go and live. Yeah. I honestly yeah. say to them, your 20s is the time to go and do things. Go and travel. Go yeah. into different jobs. Don't settle. Move. Keep moving. That momentum will start to get you an understanding of yourself. Start to get some psychological knowledge. Start to navigate your own emotions yeah. and become aware. And what suddenly happens is your body's an amazing feedback system. It starts to tell you what you like and what yeah. you don't. And again, as we gradually move forward, we fail. Failing is vital. It gives us the data. I tell them, put your lab coat on. Experiment. And when it fails... Just imagine you were doing science at school when you put too many chemicals in and it set on fire. <laughs> that wasn't the result you wanted. But actually, our failures in life are the best source of inspiration. You look back at them, you remove the emotion, you unpick them. What you get is lessons, yeah. what not to do in the future, why it possibly didn't go right this time. And in every bit of failure, there's a little bit of treasure and I like to consider that. So many oysters go to the restaurant and get eaten. But there's a few oysters out there that get attacked by oh, a parasite. Man. They get made uncomfortable. They get made uncertain. They're attacked. Yeah. They are in pain. They suffer. They create a pearl. In that failure, one little piece of treasure. You want to be on your deathbed with a chain of pearls around your neck. Pride from your failures. That yeah, meant man. that you don't lie there regretting the things that you didn't do the person that you wanted to become, the people you want to stay in contact with. You want to be on your deathbed thinking, I went out there, went all in, expressed myself. I was me. I've lived as me. I've left my legacy. I'm happy to go to the next plane. Man, that's amazing. I, I love that. It, I love seeing people that are in their 20s and even in their teens. Uh, when they're... I've heard the, the reasoning before why not to go after things as well if I might fail. I'm like, good, I hope you do. <laughs> I really, you're going to learn more from that than you do from a success right off the bat. If things come too easy, that's not the thing you're meant to do, man. Because you know, exactly. that, that means that there's somebody else out there that can do that and you could be meant for even more or a different purpose because it's supposed to be hard. 
What you do is supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to always challenge you every single day. What you do is always supposed to propel you forward into a, a different level of life, a different level of serving. When you find that thing, it should always be challenging. You should never get to the point where like, well, I can just coast through this now. If you do get to that point, kill it and try something different. Even if you're in your 50s and your 60s or whatever, it should always be something that fulfills you, that continuously challenges you and continuously serves other people. Fail to fall forward. I love that, man. You get me so excited because, <laughs> you know, your, your mind... <laughs> your mindset's amazing, man. And I'm, I'm just blown away because this is really feeding me today. It's really feeding my soul. And I, I do a lot of shows. That's great. We always have great conversations, but it's cool when I can have guests on that are actually filling me up at the same time. You know, and that, that, that's most, but you're in such a different way, man. It's, it's awesome. You, know, it's a, you can tell that this is kind of what you do. <laughs> yeah. this, is, this is the thing that that really drives you forward is seeing other people filled up isn't it yeah and that's kind of i mean that's fulfilling for me and like you say when you start to become comfortable being uncomfortable that's because you're growing that's because you're moving like yep. someone started to try and sell market about 50 years ago that being comfortable is good yeah that's the way to live life Hell, if you're not moving, you're dead. <laughs> yes, if you're not. <laughs> Dude, there's another virus word that's out there too called, you know, you're saying comfortable, you know, but another virus word, it starts with a C also is contentment, yes. you know, and I have a huge spiritual foundation, you know, and I grew up in some pretty hardcore churches. They're always like, you just need to be content with what God gives you. You just have to be content with what you have in your life right now. And, you know, but then I thought, and I was comparing that to what the Bible actually says in ways that, you know, the, really the work that God has, it's almost like we're the statue, right? Like the work that God has on us is never finished until we're dead. You know, and, and, and that's the whole way. It's like, awesome. I will be content when I'm dead. <laughs> that's, I will just match what, what I see right here in scripture and I will be content when I'm dead. Contentment and gratefulness are two totally different things, man. You know, cause we can be grateful for everything right now, but contentment I feel is when we can look back on our lives and say, this is awesome. I was able to accomplish what I wanted to, what I needed to, I was able to fulfill the purpose that I was given to be on this planet. I am content. You know, that's how I feel like I'm going to be when I'm in my 80s and 90s and maybe past 100. Looking back, then I'll I'll have plenty of time to be content, right? Looking back at oh, yeah. <laughs> right now, there's just so much more to do. There's so many more people to help. There's so many more things to accomplish. I can't stop. I won't stop. Dude, I, I love your passion in that too. That's just how it has to be. Be content when you're in your 80s and 90s and looking back and saying, I helped so many people. For now, be grateful. Be grateful right now. Be content later. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's great advice and kind of almost segues into the work that I do within organizations with leadership teams. And I'll walk into that room and say, everyone, the secret source of leadership is love. And they look at me like, whoa, <laughs> in leadership. What you who's, who's, who's this joker? What's he on about? <laughs> and then you start to actually lay it out and you're like, okay, so what does leadership mean to you? Because to me, it means I need to lead myself first. I'm an example. Yeah. 
everyone will follow the messenger before they follow the message. And once you lead authentically because you know yourself and yourself aware, and you've built your own emotional intelligence so you can effectively lead yourself, you then lead to serve. You are serving. And by serving, you care. And if you take care and square it, you get love. Therefore, leadership is about love. That's <laughs> awesome, man. I love that. We're, um, we've covered so much today, dude. And it's almost like a, I feel like, like whoever's listening to this, maybe listen to just five-minute chunks at a time because there's just so much packed into this, man. We just got so deep today. I'm loving it. What's one thing that, I mean, shoot, there's like 27 different things on, on this episode, 27 <laughs> one things. You know, well, but what's one thing that you would want to leave with everybody today that they can pull out of this, you know, because it, it might be tough to pull just one thing out today for, for everyone else, but let's give them one thing to, that they can hang tight with and grab on today. So let, let's go into it. Reflect on your failures, remove the emotion, pick them apart. In every failure is great data for what not to do, what you might want to do, and a little bit of treasure that you can cherish and use to find your own success, your own greatness, define your own direction. Dude, that's amazing. And your business, you know, essential workplace well-being. You know, I see a centralized on the on behind you there in the camera too. Where can people find you? Because I feel like you have so much to give, man. And I want to send everybody your way, but everybody that needs to level up, everybody that needs to be picked up, where can they find you? So you can find me at essentialize.co.uk and Instagram at essentialize.coach. That's awesome, man. Lee, you're amazing, dude. For real. I, I'm so grateful for you today because you really lifted me up and you really filled my heart. It's what we do, Rick. We do it to each other. <laughs> Never going to stop, man. Can't stop, won't stop. That's how it is. Always going. Sweet. <laughs> Dude, thanks for being on. I appreciate you, man. It's a privilege, Rick. All right. See you, brother. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan, and I approve this message. Well, good, Lee. You're awesome, dude. I hope you have an amazing day, man. It's already a good start to the day. Well, your day's probably ending, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's almost 5 o'clock. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> right on. <laughs> cool, my man. Dude, have an awesome day. You too, Rick. All right. See you, brother. Bye. See you later.